that is all about, and say it with me, I Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm still not thoroughly convinced you believe that. I think you're, you're doing that because I'm asking you to do that. But the goal is, by the end of these five weeks, that you will have a firm, deep conviction that God knows what he is doing and what he wants for you, and life is good. Amen? And part of that involves this thing called Sundays. So the goal is that we would understand that a Sunday is really the best day of our week. That may not be true for you right now. You may have gotten up early after staying up late and you're thinking, I gotta go to church because I have to check that box because other people will say, where were you? I want to talk about that a little bit today. Last week when we were together, uh, we talked about this idea that Sundays can surprise you. Sundays can surprise you. And we talked about this thing called Sabbath. Sabbath. Sabbath rest. Rest for our bodies, refreshment for our souls. And so uh, it is necessary within the course of our life to get a, enough rest in order to meet the needs of body and the needs of soul. And so God has given us two things. He has given us daily sleep and weekly Sabbath. And if we will somehow get seven hours of sleep a night and one day out of seven for Sabbath, we will begin to appreciate a quality of life that most people in our culture, our overstimulated electronic culture today, just don't understand. Once you get into rhythm with how God created the universe, all of a sudden things go better. And it's hard to know why, other than the fact that you've stepped into the way God designed things. And so we talked a lot about that last week. And if you're uh, doing the small group study this week, you're going to discover that small group week two actually helps to focus in more on this idea of Sabbath and the importance of it in our lives. So if you're getting ready to do that this week, you're going to enjoy that. We need to appreciate that what God designs for us is always for our good. I like the way the Proverbs, the writer of Proverbs put it when he said these words, My child, do not forget my teachings but let your heart keep my commandments. The idea behind the heart keeping the commandments is that it is part of your life. It becomes central to who you are. For they will provide a long and full life for you, and they will add, what's the word? Well-being to you. The word well-being is the Hebrew word shalom. Peace, well-being, a measure of contentment and completeness. This is the, the Hebrew greeting as they would greet one another. Shalom, shalom. May, may God's rest be with you. May God's blessing be on your life. And part of that blessing is in the keeping of God's commandments of which this idea of having a day of rest for the body and rest for the soul is a part of. So we've been talking about that. Today, we're actually going to move on. And again, we'll talk more about this in our small group times. But today, we're going to move on. And we're going to talk a little bit about how a good Sunday actually makes for a better Monday. How a good Sunday makes for a better Monday. Uh, the famous poet and author, Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, a fellow maniac. Henry Wadsworth Longfellow said this, Sunday is the golden class that binds together the volume of the week. That's, that's good. We'll talk more about that. Uh, in a few minutes, but Sunday is the golden clasp given to us by God that actually binds together the volume of our week. Right now, in the next few minutes together, I want to focus on the unique opportunity that Sundays afford us. 
And to do so, we're going to talk about something very, very rare, something extremely precious, something that is fleeting, and something that often goes unrecognized and neglected. In the next few minutes, we're going to talk about something called time. Time. Now, in order to do that, we need to pause in the presence of the one who created it so that he would give us perspective in this morning together. So let's bow our heads together and let's pray and then let's venture forward into this thing called time. Father, thank you again just for the privilege today to get together. Thank you for Sunday. Thank you that we have this day that can be different than every other day. Thank you that we have this opportunity to come together as the people of God and to encourage and pray for and love on each other. Thank you for this day where we get a chance to worship you, get a chance to hear from you, and get a chance to be different as a result of it. Thank you for today. And Father, as we talk about this concept of time, I pray that you would help us to understand that it is in short supply and it's the most rare commodity that we possess in our lives. Help us to use it well, I pray. In Jesus' name, and the people of God said, amen. amen. You know, uh, we live in a very brilliant age. We have all kinds of very brilliant people who make all kinds of brilliant observations, but the best science can do when it comes to this topic called time is this definition. Time is the indefinite, continued progress of existence and events that occur in apparently irreversible succession from the past through the present to the future. Again, that is the best that science can do in trying to understand this concept called time. Time is considered to be the fourth dimension of this thing called life. It is supposed to be temporary and it is moving in one direction and it is used for measuring change. Well, like it or not, time is something that most of us simply take for granted. And yet the reality is this. We are not promised tomorrow. We are only given today. Every single one of us begins a new day with 24 hours. We have about 1,440 minutes. We have 86,440 seconds. We are not given tomorrow. We're simply given today. And the reason why today is called the present is because it is a gift from God. You're not promised tomorrow. You're just called to live today. So days, time is a very rare commodity. We all get the same amount. And so the question is, how do we best use that time? Now, um, no matter how many days you're given, no matter how many months or years you are given, it sure does seem like time flies. Somebody put together a little montage of, of photographs for a relative of theirs who turned 90. And so they put together this little morphing montage of, of pictures, and I thought it was well done. So let's take a minute and just see how fast life really goes. Like sands through the hourglass, so
so are the days of our lives. in three minutes and for those who are some of our senior saints here they will tell you it really does go by that fast James gives us this uh, statement what is your life for you are a puff of smoke that appears for a short time and then it's gone life is brief time marches on so the question is what is the best use of this limited commodity that God doles out to us only one day at a time. What is the best use of time? What I'd like to do in the next few minutes is I want to introduce to you two Greek gods. You see, the Greeks had a way of understanding time that's very helpful for us. And also what's helpful for us is that the New Testament was actually written in the language of the Greeks, and there is an Old Testament Hebrew version in Greek called the Septuagint. So when the writers of Scripture were to use certain words, they actually used the Greek words with the definitions that we're going to look at in the next few moments together. How do we make the best use of our time? 
let me introduce to you these two Greek gods and concepts that the Greeks used to understand this very hard to appreciate thing called time. They are the Greek god Kronos and the Greek god Kairos. Let me introduce them to you. Kronos is the god of the clock, the god of the calendar. He is the deity of the past, the present, and the future. He is the god of the passage of time. If you were to ask, what time is it? You're speaking the language of Kronos. And if you look at Kronos here, he looks like a very delightful senior citizen. And of course, later on, he became known as Father Time. That's right. So that is Kronos. Now, Kairos, in the Greek mentality, in the way of thinking, Kairos was the god of the time in between. The god of a moment, of an undetermined length in which something very special happens. Kairos offers to us time as a gift, as an opportunity, as a unique moment or season. If you were to ask, what is time for? That is what you're speaking the language of now, of the, the god Kairos, the god of time, Kairos time. So we have these two Greek renditions of time, and it was their concept of time. One is Kronos, and he is quantitative, and the other is Kairos, and he is qualitative. But what you're going to discover, and we know to be true in our own lives, is that these two are in constant tension with one another. One is always screaming and demanding our time, and the other is only offering and encouraging us with his time. So let me go on to give you a little fuller representation of these times. Let's consider Kronos a little bit more fully. Kronos in Greek mythology is often confused with and connected to Kronos, C-R-O-N-O-S, who was one of the leaders of the Titans. Uh, Kronos, who is confused with this other god, he, speak, he was the youngest son of Uranus, which is heaven, and Gaia, which is earth. According to lore, he married his sister Rhea, and he fathered six children, Zeus, Hestia, Poseidon, Hades, Demeter, and Hera. He was a nasty deity, a glutton, and a cannibal. In fact, he gorged himself on his own children to prevent them from stealing his power. There is a very famous artist by the name of Peter Paul Rubens who captures the reality of, of Kronos. This is the disturbing aspect of time. It shows a father viciously biting into the chest of his own son, tearing the flesh away and causing the boy to arch backwards in shock and in pain. Think about it. Think how fitting this is. Kronos. Time is relentless. Time marches on. Time waits for no man. Time is unforgiving and merciless. It drags all people onward, whether they want to go or not, into a future of uncertain days and a fateful end. No one escapes time, and in the end, it devours all. All-consuming, never satisfied. Kronos is the deity of the driven. He is the God of our age.
He is the taskmaster of the deadline. And if you work for the government or you work for military, if you work, we got the deadline. Come on, come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. Do this now, you gotta get it done. You need to put in more hours. Who is that? That's Kronos. Consuming you with the deadline. Taskmaster beating you forward. You don't want to do it, but you have to. This is the God Kronos. Now, let's co contrast him with this other God called time. His name is Kairos. In Greek mythology, Kairos was the God of the opportune moment. The Greek word Kairos is used by the writers of Scripture as the appointed time in the purposes of God. In the Septuagint, the Greek translation of the Old Testament Hebrew, kairos is the time of the feasts. And so you'll read these words in Exodus 23 and verse 14. Three times a year you are to celebrate a festival to me. The word rendered in the Septuagint, the Greek rendition of the Hebrew uh, Older Testament, this word times is the word kairos. There is an appointed meeting with God. There's an appointed moment to connect with God. Later on, it is used in Deuteronomy 16 and verse 16. Three times, three kairoses a year. All your men must appear before the Lord your God at the place that he will choose, at the Feast of Unleavened Bread, at the Feast of Weeks, and at the Feast of Tabernacles. So feasts and festivals were special times and moments of joy and of rest given to the people of God by God. They stepped out of Kronos time and found within that time a special Kairos time to meet with God. So Kairos is, is time. It's an appointed time in the purpose of God. It is used in the New Testament off the lips of Jesus when he made this statement. The time has come, he said, that the kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. The kingdom of God is kairos time. It is an appointed time in the purpose of God for something special to happen. So what I want you to understand is chronos is relentless. It will wash you ultimately away. It will end. It will finish and consume you. But within this time, chronos time, there are these moments of holy habitation called kairos. There is this sanctuary in time. Kairos is an elusive space in time where we step out of the relentless stream of Kronos into the Kairos of God, an appointment with God, where God meets with us. And that is what Sunday is supposed to be. It's supposed to be a special time, an appointment with God, an intersection with eternity while living in the mundane. That's what Sunday is. Sunday is kairos. It is a sanctuary from the world. It is a sanctuary in time. Uh, let me give you an illustration how, how you could appreciate this a little better. Um, many years ago, J.R.R. Tolkien uh, wrote this book called The Lord of the Rings. In the book, The Lord of the Rings, the first book, The Fellowship of the Ring, uh, there is this moment where Frodo and his companions were fleeing from the pursuing darkness. And where they, they ran to was a place called Rivendell. And in Rivendell, 
according to the writing that uh, Tolkien gives us, it says this, the future, good or ill, was not forgotten, but it ceased to have control over the present. Health and hope grew strong in them, and they were content with each day as it came, taking pleasure in every meal and in every word and in every song. You see, life didn't stop happening. The, 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 the call of the ring was upon them. But this was a kairos moment. It was a time to stop the, the, the madness of the darkness and to pull away and to find a time of beauty and rest, a time where they could have sanctuary in the middle of a very busy, busy life. And so too, kairos pictures, I think, Sundays. The future, good or ill, is not forgotten, but it should cease to have control over the present. This is what God calls us to. Sunday is a sanctuary in time, in chronos. It is a time of God's appointed purpose. It is that brief moment in time where heaven and earth intersect and we meet with God and we are different as a result. Sundays, Sabbath, kairoses can only woo us. They cannot force us. And like it or not, chronos will not let us go without a fight. It is relentless. Are you ready? Yeah. All right, 60 second spot on time. Can I have a clock in the corner? It's there. Thank you. Roll them. Rolling. Action. Okay, here's the deal. We all know that life is busy. There aren't enough hours in the day to do all the things that we want and need to do. In fact, you're probably thinking of all the things you need to do next week right now, wondering how you're going to squeeze it all in. But the fact is, no matter who you are, no matter what you do, no matter how much is on your plate, we all have the same gift of 24 hours each day. It's 24 hours, 1,440 minutes, 86,400 seconds. All the money in the world won't let you buy one single second more than the next guy. And once that second is gone, it's gone forever. Look, there goes one right now. Another one, gone. You'd think that we would judiciously use such a limited and valuable gift. You'd think that we would choose wisely how to spend, no, invest our time. But do we? Really? I mean, after taking the time for eating and sleeping and all the other basic necessities, do we really use this gift the way we should? Think of all the great things you could do in 24 hours, all the lives you could touch, all the significant changes that could be made in your life and others. The fact is, you could actually make a difference in this world in 24 hours, or not. So, how are you investing your time? Just like that. Just like that. But that's Kronos time. Kronos is giving you the tyranny of the urgent. You don't have time to go to church on Sunday. You've got to do this, and you've got to do that. And think about these things going on later this week. You, you, you really don't have time. And, and think about the kids. Oh, my gosh. They need to be in a league. They need to go over here. They need to do this. They have to do all these things. You don't really have time to do this thing called getting away and Sabbathing and rest and refreshment. What's that? Come on. You live in a real world. You've got to do real things. This is Kronos. He's constantly beckoning us to the tyranny of the urgent. And then we have Kairos quietly wooing us. But I promise you something that God wants you to have. I want to give you something that you cannot get in any other way. But you've got to step out of the tyranny of the urgent and step into this unique moment that God has designed for us to have. My friends, that is what Sundays really are meant to be. Think of it like this. I'll give another illustration. Here we have um, Kairos time. 
Uh, it is relentless. It is the torrent of time. It's like a swift river. We step into time, uh, let's say at birth, and we are rapidly pushed along through life over the rocks, over the rills, uh, over the the hardships of life being cascaded down this river. We get bumped and bruised and bloodied, and we move rapidly into the future, and then we are cascaded into the abyss called death. That's Kairos. Nobody gets out of the torrent. Everybody's moved along. It is simply what it is. But there is in this Kairos, this Kronos, these moments these special little moments where we actually get to pull into this quiet eddy, this simple little pool of reflection that is alongside the reality of the torrent of life. And these kairoses are, are simply Sundays, the opportunity God presents us to find something more significant in life, something more profound in life. You're here, and by being here, you have stepped out of the torrent into this sanctuary in time, an opportunity presented to you by God for some amazing things to happen in your life. Some of the things that are offered to us in this unique sanctuary in time, this day called Sunday, this time called this morning, is we get an opportunity for deep reflection. We get the opportunity to consider the real things of life. You see, living in the moment, living in Kronos, living in that time, you're constantly being moved on from deadline to deadline, from one day to another, from one task to another. I am task-oriented. That's my life. I have checklists. And the more th stuff I get checked off by list, the more satisfied I feel. But the reality is, there's always another checklist. And no matter how good I feel, it's not transforming who I am. But this day, this time, this morning, this sanctuary, out of the torrent of time called Kairos, Sunday, Sabbath, provides me an opportunity to think about the deeper things of life. Things like love. When do you stop and contemplate that stuff? This is a good place to do that. Things like eternity. All of a sudden, perspectives change when you look at things in light of eternity. What difference will the thing that's burdening your heart right now make 100 years from now? None. <laughs> Absolutely none. You see, that's the beauty of this moment. When you're in the, the torrent of Kronos, you can't get that perspective. But this morning, this time, provides perspective. And you get a chance to really focus in on the things that matter. Relationships and love, eternity and God. That's what this time affords. This is the little eddy. This is a little quiet pool of reflection alongside the torrent of life. Thank you for stepping out of the torrent. Thank you for being here today. I hope it blesses you because we all need this. So it affords us reflection. It also affords us a time of worship. A time to get our eyes off ourselves. A time to get our eyes off our problems. And an opportunity to look up. To focus on the living God. The one who is in control. The one who is the God that we call our Father. The one who is and always will be. That's what this time affords us.
if you don't step out of the torrent of life, you can lose perspective and you can lose heart. But that's why you're here. Because we know this is vital to who we are, planned of God. So we have reflection and worship. We have time for instruction, where we have a chance to hear what God wants us to, to know. Like today, we're, we're contemplating this thing called the brevity of life and making the most of life. James chapter 4 and verse 14 says this, What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then you vanish. We're wrestling with that right now. We're looking at the torrent of our time and what's going on in our lives, all the priorities that we, we have placed there, and right now we're wrestling with that. That's good. That's good. We're taking the Word of God and bringing it alongside the way we do this thing called life in our culture, and we're realizing the way we do life in our culture doesn't work. God offers us something so much better, but it creates tension in our worlds because Sundays have just been another day of the week. We just get so much more done if we use that time on Sunday to do everything else, Right? But God says, yeah, that's a mistake. Because <laughs> you're going to kill yourself. And you're not going to accomplish anything more than if you trust me, I'll give you more. Do you really believe that? Then prove it by giving me this time. So we have this instruction. And when that tension time comes in our lives between the way we're living our lives and the way that God is encouraging us to live our lives, we end up with this moment, this moment on Sundays called a moment of repentance. Repentance is simply that word that means to, to change your mind and thus to change the way you live your life. And so I have been doing all of this and all of this and my schedule is full on Sundays. I just, oh my gosh. And God says, no, 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 you don't understand. Give this to me and I want you to blank out that space for me and the things that really matter in life. The other six days you can do all that other stuff. But do this. And so what repentance is, is we wrestle with this and we make a decision to move towards what God desires. And then the result of this Kairos moment on Sunday mornings is something called a growing faith and hope in Christ. And then in just a few minutes, you're going to step right back into the torrent and away you go. But we have this moment, Kairos this time for reflection and worship and instruction and repentance and faith and hope that ultimately changes who we are. But if we're not careful, we'll miss these moments. We will miss these moments. I want you to notice this uh, deity, this, this God called Kairos. He's very interesting. I'd like you to notice his hairline. You'll notice he has very long hair in the front, and he is bald in the back. Let me explain to you what this means. This um, relief was actually created from the bronze statue of Kairos, which was made famous by the Greek, Greek sculptor Lysippus. And it stood at his home in Sicyon, the following words were carved into the statue. Who and whence was the sculptor? From Sicyon is the reply. And his name, Lysippus. And who are you? Kairos, opportunity. And why do you stand on tiptoe? I am ever running. And why do you have a pair of wings on your feet? 
because I fly with the wind. And why does your long hair hang over your face? For him who meets me to take me by the forelocks. And why in heaven's name is the back of your head bald? Because none whom I have once raced past on winged feet will now, though he wishes it sore, can take hold of me from behind. Why did the artist fashion you? For your sake, stranger. And he set me up in the porch as a lesson. And the lesson is this. Kronos time will carry you forward relentlessly and there's nothing you can do to stop it. You will go over the falls of death at some point in life. But Kairos beckons. There's opportunity here. There's a unique opportunity here. But if you let it get by you, you can't go back and relive it. You can only take it by the forelocks. As you see it coming, grasp it. As you see it coming, seize it. Because once it's by, it's by. That word, seize it, actually in the Latin, gives us this term, carpe diem. Seize the day, boys. Seize now, the day. Mr. Pitts. It's a rather unfortunate name. Mr. Pitts. <laughs> Where are you? Mr. Fitz, will you open your hymnal to page 542? Read the first stanza of the poem you find there. To the virgins to make much of time? Yes, that's the one. <laughs> Somewhat appropriate, isn't it? <laughs> Gather ye rosebuds while ye may. Old time is still a-flying. And this same flower that smiles today, tomorrow will be dying. Thank you, Mr. Pitts. Gather ye rosebuds while ye may. The Latin term for that sentiment is carpe diem. Now, who knows what that means? Carpe diem. That cease the day. Very good, Mr. Meeks. Meeks. Another unusual name. Seize the day. Gather ye rosebuds while ye may. Why does the writer use these lines? Because he's in a hurry. No. Ding. Thank you for playing anyway. Because we are food for worms, lads. Because believe it or not, each and every one of us in this room is one day going to stop breathing, turn cold, and die. I'd like you to step forward over here and peruse some of the faces from the past. You've walked past them many times. But I don't think you've really looked at them. They're not that different from you, are they? Same haircuts, full of hormones, just like you. Invincible, just like you feel. The world is their oyster. They believe they're destined for great things, just like many of you. Their eyes are full of hope, just like you. Did they wait until it was too late to make from their lives even one iota of what they were capable? Because you see, gentlemen, these boys are now fertilizing daffodils. If you listen real close, you can hear them whisper their legacy to you. Go on, lean in. Listen. You hear it? <clears throat> Our 
your sake, stranger, and he set me up in the porch as a lesson. Once it's past, you can no longer grasp it. But knowing that it's coming, reach out, seize the day. Don't miss the opportunity that Sunday affords. So I just want to conclude with a few thoughts here on, as far as application. I think we should change the word Sunday into the word seize the day. What do you think? From now on, you should think of Sundays as that day that is coming. And it has four locks. And you're going to reach out and you're going to seize the day. Because once it's gone, there's nothing left to grasp. It is that important in the torrent of time to step out into the kairos where God can speak to us and we can reflect and worship and repent and be changed. So let's change Sunday to seize the day. Put that in your calendar, start writing that down there. This is a very important day. Here we go. How are we going to seize the day? Well, knowing that it's coming, it would be very wise for us to plan on Sunday. Amen? Most of us live with our electronic devices called our phone. Uh, if you have a phone, I want to encourage you that in the calendar on your phone that you take Sunday and block it out. Block it out as Sabbath, as Kairos, as the Lord's day. And have that be a reminder to you that you don't simply slot in everything else that you can't get done the rest of the week on that day. If God be God, he calls us to work hard for six days and to rest on the seventh day or one day out of seven. God does not give us more than he wants us to accomplish. We often take on more than we should, right? This will help us to say no to a few things that maybe we should say no to and get back into the rhythm of life the way God designed it to be lived. So plan on Sunday. Put it in your calendar. Uh, make it a weekly appointment to meet with God. Schedule it. So on your calendar, you're going to write the word seize day, seize day, seize the day for Sunday. And you're going to begin by planning on it because it's coming every week. So let's talk about preparing for this day. And this is the harder one. Prepare for Sunday. Prepare all week, but especially on, oh, what did he say? Saturday night? Don't you know what happens on Saturday night? Stay up late, hang out, go around, do stuff, have a great time. Yeah, and what you've prepared to do is drag your sorry bones out of bed on Sunday morning in here, and all you're ready for is sleep. You're not ready for Sunday. You're not, meant to re you're not ready to meet with God. You know, the Jews had this nailed down. They had this so perfectly figured out. You see, the Jewish time starts from sundown to sundown, not from midnight to midnight. And so when the Jewish Sabbath would come, it would begin with darkness, and they would begin the Sabbath by sleep. And then they would wake up, and now they were awake for the activities of the day around God and his people. The way we do it is, oh, let's have a good time because, you know, we're going to go back to work real soon. And then we kind of drag ourselves in here on Sunday morning. We're not ready for anything. Make Friday your party night. <laughs> Make Friday the night you stay up really late. Plot in all kinds of stuff on Friday. Sleep in Saturday. Don't sleep in Sunday. If we know it's coming and this is special and unique and God has given us this opportunity, why would we abuse it? We wake up and there's the snooze, snooze alarm. Ah. Aha! Uh Aha! -huh. Uh -huh. And the next thing we know, it's gone. 
it got by us because we weren't prepared for it. So plan on Sunday. Put it in your calendar. Prepare for Sunday, especially Saturday night. Here we go. Participate in Sunday. What? You mean this isn't a spectator time? This isn't like going to a football game and sitting there and letting the guy entertain us? No, it's not like that at all. This is a very unique time called participation. You're supposed to interact with the Word of God and God and worship and the Word. And so it begins by anticipating meeting with God. Does that cross your mind as you, walk, as you come to Sunday? Does it cross your mind as you think about coming to church? I'm going to meet with God. Or is it just I'm going to hang out with my buds? Or we're going to have a good time for lunch afterward? Do you anticipate that God is here to meet with you? It's a very specially appointed day by God for that purpose. Now, it's not that you can't have that every day in a quiet time or a unique kairos that you create in your own space every day of the week. I would encourage that. But this day is special, and God has given it to us for this very important reason of meeting together with the people of God and meeting with God himself. So anticipate meeting with God. And then secondly, expectantly hear him to speak to you. Are you ready for God to speak? <laughs> Most of us wouldn't know what to do if God spoke to us. But every time his word is open, it is called what? The word of... Oh. So every time the word is open, God is speaking. And the question is, are we hearing? Jesus said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Everybody's got ears. But not everybody has ears that hear because we don't expect to hear from God. So we've been listening to this whole topic about the brevity of life and trying to make good choices. Time is fleeting. Are you hearing this? This is God talking to you. This is his desire in your life. These are his words, ultimately. So expect to hear him speak to you. Uh, you know, it doesn't hurt to record what he may be saying. Uh, we do give you a bulletin as you walk in. There's a little section there for you to write some thoughts. Uh, there is a proven study that if you take it in through the eye gate, the ear gate, and actually write it out, then it's gone through more processes. There's a very good chance you'll remember it. And it never hurts to write on there, and this is what God wants me to do. This is how I'm going to act on it. This is what I'm going to do as a, a result of it. And that is the fourth point. Uh, it is simply this, responding to what he is saying to you. This opportunity exists every single Sunday every kairos and then lastly practice sunday live out the change he is making in you the rest of the week this is how we prepare to grab sunday as it's coming toward us rather than grabbing air as it's gone by so all that to say God knows that we are but dust. And he has created this thing called sleep. Don't abuse it. And he has given us this thing called Sabbath, Kairos, an appointment with himself to find rest for our bodies and refreshment for our souls. I began our time, and I'm going to finish right now, but I began our time with this quote from Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. Sunday is the golden clasp that binds together the volume of the week. Time. It, Sunday is the golden clasp that actually allows us to manage time. It actually gives us the opportunity 
to not lose it, not fumble it. Because without the clasp, it's pretty hard to hold on to time. Life gets away from us. This day is special. I hope that you treat it that way. Let's pray together, shall we? Ooh, Father, thank you uh, for today. Uh, thank you for these thoughts. Thank you that, that you give us this time of rest and reflection, this time of worship and instruction, the opportunity for repentance and faith and hope. Father, thank you that you give us these little pools of time, these little eddies in the torrent of our days, our weeks, to reflect and to grow. Father, time is fleeting. It will be over before we know it. Help us to grasp the truths you give us, I pray. In Jesus' name, and the people of God said, God bless you.